God bless you guys. Wow. Follow that. Come on. I'll tell you, I love, uh, I love coming up to this place and, uh, and being here. And uh, it's so good because, um, yeah, you get two hours. You get two hours to, to listen or you get two hours to just, uh, just chill. And being a dad, uh, then two hours are precious. Amen? For those that are uh, parents amongst us. But it is so good to be with you guys and uh, Sarah sends her love. I think the last time I was here was 2019, uh, was the last time, and so COVID, whoa, can I say that word up here? It's like, um, whew, it's amazing, I was talking to a friend the other day and uh, just sharing with him what what we experienced here in uh, Australia, and particularly Melbourne, and he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, and he said, are you, are you in Melbourne or North Korea? I said, uh, <laughs> We're in Melbourne. And so it's pretty interesting what we experienced, but it is so good to be here. Because I don't know about you, but when it came to them two and a half, or you realize nine months ago, guys, we were in lockdown. And so I want to validate all jokes aside here right now. There, there, is a, there is a conditioning that has happened to us. There is a, there is a conditioning that has taken place and we can either, you know, take the route of, oh, well, it's okay. But I want to encourage you this morning is, is God doesn't just want to put a band-aid over. He actually wants to do some healing. Amen? He actually wants to validate who we are, where we're at, and where we're going. Because, you see, Jesus always knew his posture and his father. And one of the things I've realized even within that time, was I could be restricted 5K, but I'll tell you, they became the most prayer-walked 5Ks I've ever done. And what amazed me is, is neighbors I'd never seen before all of a sudden were out. But when the lockdown was lifted, they're back in the house. And I almost want to like, say to the, the government, why don't we just do these periodically lockdowns? Because we become the most fittest people. I'll tell you, my six-pack didn't stay in the fridge. When, when, when we were in lockdown, it was like I became the most fittest that, that I've ever been. I was walking everywhere. But all of a sudden, lockdown gets lifted, and, and we're back to, you know, back in our house. And I think one of the things that is a detriment within the body of Christ is is we look for places of reaction, not response. How am I reacting to this season instead of responding to this season? And I think it's even into this year, is, is how am I responding to this season, not reacting to it? Because it's easy to react. It's easy to be on the back foot. But I think the Lord wants us on the front foot of realizing there's actually a response to be had. And I don't know about you, but uh, as we come into this, this year, I'm really sensing the Lord just inviting us into a place of, of recognizing that there's an elephant in the room, or there's a bull, or you know, we can have a barbecue after, but I think there's things we just don't talk about. And I'm not going to get controversial here today, I promise you. I'm not, I'm not here to push buttons. But I, I'm here to really ask a question and really challenge is is what have you lost that God needs you to find? What is the pearl of great price? 
What is the coin? What is the oil? What is the fire? What is the light? What are these different things that a season caused us either to lose or to forget that God wants to remind us of and God wants us to take back? Because I'll tell you, you know, I remember back in the 90s there was a revival in Pensacola and, and the song that came out of Pensacola, I went to the enemy's camp. How many people remember this? I don't want us to do the shuffle. Calm down, Stephen. Uh, well, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. That is bad theology. Because Jesus already went there. And Jesus already got it. And Jesus laid hold of it. And everything belongs to Jesus. And so I don't need to go any enemy camp. And I don't need to take that. I just need to realize it's not that I haven't got it. It's forgot. I forgot that I've got it. And that's why Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy, he said, I remind you to stir up the gift of God that is in you. And a lot of times we forget what's in us, we forget what's on us, and we forget what's around us because we get affected by three E's. We get affected by our environment, our education, and our experiences. And they forge something and do something. And it can cause us to have forgetfulness and actually forget who we are and whose we are. And cause us to forget what is ours. And one of the things that I've learned is and learning, I can't say I've learned because I'm still learning and there's still days I get up and I just want to lay in the fetal position and say, come Lord Jesus. But it's caused really something to be robbed from us the Lord wants to restore to us. And pastors I talk to and, and, and places that I, I, you know, I, I begin to, to speak to and, and, and call and I've got this incredible response for email I get from pastors. It's, it's James chapter 1. Count it all joy, brethren. Amen? Whenever I get emails, I, I, I want to quit. I want to give up. And, and sometimes it's not even pastors. Sometimes it's Christians. Just send it back. Count it all joy, brethren. What is counted all joy? How many of us are counting our problems instead of counting our joy? How many of us are counting our our problems instead of counting our blessings. You know, we remember that incredible Sunday school song. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Some of us are counting our problems. They're called electricity bills, gas bills. All these different things. I want to tell you today, friends, your faith is not dependent on fuel prices. Your inheritance in God is not, is not determined by what a government says in interest rates. I'll tell you, as, as interest rates rise, my interest in God's miracles increases. Let me say it again. As interest rates rise, my interest in God's miracles increases. Because it's like, okay God, how are we going to do this? Because what I thought was the plan yesterday surely ain't the plan today. And I want to encourage you, there comes a time where God wants us to anchor again into realizing we're a people who don't live in faith, we live by faith. You see, we don't live, you see, we're not a people who live in faith, we're a people who live by faith. 
The Bible tells us that just shall live by faith. And faith is the substance. You see, faith is a currency that is not dependent upon the wisdom of man, but is dependent upon the, the faithfulness of God. And I found in 2008, guys, I'm going to be vulnerable with this one. In 2008, my brother took his life. And it was one of the most darkest periods of my life. And I remember, I, I didn't have a crisis of faith, I had a crisis in faith. And I moved away from living by faith to just go in autopilot of, of just going through the motions. See, religion will give you motions. It's relationship that actually causes emotion. Let me say it again. Religion will just get you through the, the motions, but it's relationship that actually causes emotion. It's feeling. I'm not numb. And guys, I went through six months of numbness. I just couldn't trust God. I just didn't want to be. But again, you know, for the sake of family, you've just got to, as, as a program in the UK goes, keeping up appearances. I was Mrs. Bouquet for so long. Sorry if that is a reference. All the millennials over here are like. It's okay, guys. I'll get you in a moment. And I was in this place of having to keep appearances. My challenge to you today is what are we trying to keep up that God wants us to lay down? What are we trying to keep up that he just wants us to be a place of vulnerable? Because I want to speak into something today. Because it, is if we're family life church, then guys, it ain't, it ain't going to look marvelous. It's going to look messy. Yeah. It ain't going to be professional, but it's going to be purposeful. Yeah. It's not going to be polished. There's going to be some dents and scratch, because that's what family's about. Amen? Yeah. God hasn't given us a show home. He's given us a house. Yeah? yeah? And so there's a time and a place where all of a sudden we realize that, that something has robbed us from this place and he wants to restore it to us. And dare I ask today, there is a fruit in scripture that I want to talk around and actually give you some strategy about this morning. Because I don't just want to talk in a church life. Because if we're a family, I'm going to hit it all this morning. Amen? And there's one thing that robs us, there's one thing that's taken from us when situations, circumstances, and, and things happen in our life, the first thing that's robbed is our joy. And I have pastors calling me up, Gary, do you have a prophetic, do you have any insight why people are not coming back to church? Why aren't people returning to church? Why don't people want to go to church? You, you see... We, we've, made, we've made it an accessory. We've made it an option instead of realizing it's an opportunity to connect. And there's this verse in Psalms where David said this, and I think this is the reason and this is the foundation. And we're going to talk around one word today. David said, I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. The reason people don't want to go to church and the reason we don't want to come to church, let's be honest here, the reason we made it an option or an opportunity is because we've lost our gladness. Yeah. 
We've lost our gladness. We've lost our joy. We're, we're keeping up appearances instead of increasing our joy. And guys, when I'm around joyous people, when I'm around them people who are just full of joy, nothing's a problem. They're willing to do anything. But when you get around serious people, you can't even ask them to want a cup of tea. <laughs> but when you're around joyous people, I tell you, anything's possible. I tell you, my, my, one, of, one of my friends, I tell you, he is like the walking joy ball, and anything's possible. When he takes my kids out, they can have anything they want. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, they can't. He says, Gary, I, you're not taking them out. I am. Put a smile on your face. Why? Because when I think about taking out my kids, I get so caught up with, I can't spoil them too much because it'll ruin their life. I can't do this. I can't. You see, we live a life of can't, but it doesn't say I can't do nothing through Christ. It says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if it strengthens me, then what's my strength? Let's go to another verse. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And so if I'm making a list of everything I can't, I've lost my joy. I've lost my gladness. And I think the Lord is wanting to restore gladness back to us because, it, guys, I want to I want to dial right down now because it ain't about us uh, us coming to church. David said, "I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord." His gladness caused response. But let's go. Let's dial it right back. Are we happy in our marriage? Gary, don't talk about that. Just move on. No, we're going to talk about that. Because me and Sarah, the other day, we sat down and, and I said to her, Hun, are we, you know, it's this, we go through the motions instead of finding emotion. What is it? It's what? We've lost our gladness. Why does it, when we come to 6 o'clock at night, 7 o'clock at night, the kids go to, I'm being vulnerable right now. You can write a book if you want. But when, when the kids go to bed, why do we just sit there? Why do we put something on? And we realize, wait a minute, we're going through the motions. Religion will give you emotion, but relationship will cause emotion. And it's emotion we connect with. You see, motion we function with, but emotion we connect with. And I really believe the Lord's restoring emotion back to us. Joy. You see, it's okay. Guys, there's a spectrum. It's okay to have joy, but it's also okay, okay to mourn as well. And so I don't want to talk about joy this morning and gladness and say, hey, if you got gladness, you can't have mourning because the Bible says mourning will last the night, but joy comes in the morning. There's times for mourning, there's times for joy. And just because we're in joy doesn't mean we can't step into mourning. Because, guys, that's called the blabbered and grabbed Pentecostals. Amen? Name it and claim it. I'm, I'm fine. My leg's hanging off, but I'm fine. Yes, frantic, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. <laughs> but there is a gladness the Lord wants to bring back to us. And I want to encourage us today, parenting 
is parenting a chore to you. Back in November last year, I tell you, I, I was contemplating, am I, even a, am I even a good dad? Because we're going through this, this place with Tobias and I, I just did not know how to connect and I realized I was trying to be functional but he needed me to be emotional. I was trying to do dad instead of be dad. And I got so frustrated with, with, with my parenting that I, I went to say, I said, Han, I am so frustrated. She said, Han, chill out. <laughs> chill out. What, why are you so worked up? Because I'm such a terrible dad. <laughs> Tobias doesn't want to play Legos with me. Well, what does he want to do? He wants to play Nintendo Switch. But I don't want him to have so much screen time. But did you ask him what he wants? No, I told him what he wants. <laughs> How many of us is religion telling you what you want instead of you going to the Father and actually gaining relationship so that he is our heart and we are his? Am I speaking to something? That's what family is all about. Yeah. It's about doing life. It's about being life and connecting in such an incredible way. Employment. Have we lost our joy in our jobs? Is it just a nine to five because it's something we have to do instead of we get to do? I'll tell you that whole belief system in me shifted something when it came to doing dishes. Whoa! It's all good. I'm glad it wasn't open. <laughs> when it came to doing dishes, I tell you, I was scared about filling the dishwasher. Because Sarah would come along and rearrange everything I ever did. How many people need prayer about that this morning? Why is it all the guys putting their hands up? Oh, there's a woman in the back, please. But I, I used to have this anxiety moment about doing, like, it's something I have to do. And I have to do it because it makes it, no, no, it's not have to, we get to. And when I realized I get to empty the dishwasher, all of a sudden, the overflow and the, the, the domino effect of me doing that actually caused something to happen within my family. All of a sudden, Sarah's thankfulness and gratitude out of nowhere, hun, thank you so much for it. Whoa, you saw it? <laughs> Cha-ching. But then all of a sudden, Tobias, who's eight, comes along and says, hey, Dad, can I empty the dishwasher with you? A dishwasher. But again, gladness of heart did something. Gladness of heart did something. Now let's make this meeting legal and turn to Acts 2. Amen? We're going to, we're in church. We're going to do scripture. Amen? This ain't Dr. Phil, by the way. We're going to do scripture. Acts 2. You got your Bibles? How many of you have got the Bibles? Acts 2.40. Actually, we'll go 46. 
to continue in daily. Everyone say daily. In one accord. You can tell they drove Hondas. So continue daily in one accord. In the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with what? Gladness of heart and simplicity. Praising God and having favor with who? Not God, they had favor with the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now how many people would love to see God add daily to the church? You see, we love reading that. And God added daily to the church. But we see an equation there, because if that's the answer, God adding daily, there's an equation we're missing in in verse 46. What does it say? And so continuing daily... What they did daily, God added to daily. So my challenge just today, if we want to see God doing something daily, then we've got to do something daily. If God's going to add to the church weekly, it's because we're doing something weekly. Am I speaking to somebody? They went, they continued in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, with gladness of heart. When you have gladness of heart, it's not just about your religious activity, it's about your relational outworking. And I truly believe God is doing something in this house, and I want to speak prophetically now into that, that I believe, you know, the strength of anything is in its numbers, amen? The strength of a whole is in its parts. And I want to encourage you today that you are not a church with small groups. You're not a church with groups. You're a local church that is outworked through small groups. But the inworking is done through community. And I truly believe that the strategy the Lord is inviting you into is actually not just having a family by name, but a family by nature. And it's not going to be through comparison, and it's not going to be through competition, and it's not going to be through anything else than what it says is who we are. And we're going to not just do family, we're going to be family. But if we're going to be family, then we've got to be family. And that just doesn't mean being in victory, that means being in vulnerability. And sometimes vulnerability is awkward. You know, I love sometimes, particularly in conferences, people come up to me and they're like, how are you doing? Or, hey, great to see you, how are you today? And I'll just say, not so good. And you can see that it's almost like this brain freeze, this, I don't know what to do with this, because the Christian response is, I'm great, thank, praise Jesus. But what happens when I say, I'm not doing so well? Uh, disturbance in the force. See, I tell you, I get the millennials. <laughs> Is it disturb- what do I do? You see, guys, we have to be versed in victory as much as we're versed in vulnerability. We have to be versed in healing as much as we are in pain. Because to understand healing, we've got to understand pain. To understand breakthrough, we've got to understand resistance. Yeah. 
And so I, th- I think the Lord is, 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 is allowing some situations in our lives because he doesn't want the enemy to have the upper hand. He wants us to have the breakthrough. And I grieved for months and months and years and years about my brother. Because, again, I, I tell you, I'll be honest, I blame God. Because he showed me through a word of knowledge, a friend of mine who was going to commit suicide. And literally, I saved his life through a word of knowledge. But yet, I saw nothing from my brother. And it, 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 it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I want to tell you right now, it, in blaming God, the enemy was rubbing his hands together. But in me just coming and saying, hey, I've got days of victory. I've got days of vulnerability. And I'm going to let everyone in. And there were times I went to conferences in 2008. And I just couldn't face it. And I let the people, I can't, literally I can't face the session. And the other speaker would go, oh good, I'll switch. And literally we switched. Now, if we were trying to keep it professional, what would happen? Just keep with the program, Gary. Keep with the program. I want to say to you right now, I want us to do this. Put your hand on your shoulder. Take off the program. Take off the program. We're not keeping to the program. Take off the program. Take off the program. Because we're not about program. We're about people. And we're going to purpose today in this place. We're going to purpose to be people of people, not programs. Am I speaking to somebody? And they continue daily in the temple and going from house to house with gladness of heart, breaking bread. I'm telling you, food is important. Amen? Food is important. All throughout scripture, you see Jesus talk about food. I can't wait. I can't wait to get to heaven because the promise isn't worship. The promise isn't mansions. The promise isn't streets of gold only. It's we get a marriage supper. Marriage and supper. I couldn't think of two better things. We get to, we get to feast. Amen? And so I want to encourage you. COVID separated us. Covenant brings us back together. And we can't be a family by name. We have to be a family by nature. Am I speaking to somebody? You see, the Lord wants to encourage us that it's gladness. It's the gladness of heart. Let me, let's look at some other scriptures that I just love this. It says in Jeremiah 33:11. you see gladness has a voice. Jeremiah 33 says, The voice of joy and the voice of gladness and the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voice of those who say, Give thanks to the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good. For his loving kindness is everlasting. And of those who bring a thank offering to the house of God, for I will restore the fortunes of the land as they were at first, says the Lord. If we have a voice of gladness, don't let people shoot you down. I'll tell you something. I love walking into coffee shops and, and just go, hey, good morning, everyone. And I went with a mate the other day, and he's my neighbor, and he's not even saved. And I've got this thing about demonstrating to my neighbor that Christianity isn't church attendance. 
Christianity is everything of God in my daily life. And I walk into that coffee shop and I'm like, hey guys, good to see you today. And they're like, and I call myself Morgan because there's so many Garys around. So whenever I order coffee, I say, oh, it's Morgan. So they're like, hey Morgan, how's it going? I'm like, good. So all of a sudden I, I slip and I sit with him and the owner comes out. We've already got our coffees and the owner comes out and goes, Morgan, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize it was your order. Is it okay? Because I didn't use your beans. Because he gives me special beans at the same price. And I'm like, is it okay? he's like, is it okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's totally fine. And my neighbor's like, who are you? I'm like, I'm important. <laughs> you know, it's like, but it's what? It's called favor. What does it say? When you eat with gladness, you don't get favor with God, you get favor with people. Gladness connects you to community. Gladness, you see, when you're glad, you get to be an influence to the businesses in this community. Guys, I want to encourage you. Don't just adopt Ballarat. Don't just adopt Mount Clear. Don't just adopt the community. Absolutely own them. Amen? I don't care your family. That's what I say to my neighbors. Your family. No, no, our neighbors. No, your family. Because I said your family. Am I speaking to somebody? You see, God is inviting us as a church to be people who are influencers, not influenced. We get to be people wherever we go, we get to influence. Be the most joyous person. Be the most glad person. Be the most thankful person you can be wherever you go. It's contagious. Yeah. It is absolutely contagious. Yeah. This friend I told you about who takes, you know, takes our kids out. I'm like, he's, his name's Aaron. He's, he's super fun. He's even more fun than me. And I'm like, I thought I was fun. But it's, it's like nothing's an issue. And I love them kind of people. It's like when there's a problem, he's like, ah, oh, great. It's an opportunity to find a solution. Can I have my pity party first? Then we'll find the solution. But I want to encourage you today, if we are people who live by faith, if we are people of faith, if we are people who, who live out of this place, then there's an invitation for every one of us to recognize that God isn't inviting us to be religious. He's inviting us to be real. Yeah. And being glad in heart isn't about keeping up appearances. It's about realizing God's given us something. Amen? Yeah. See, there's parents here right now. you got your kids and you're like, please stay quiet, please stay quiet. I don't care if they start whatever. It's called family. Amen? And so it's, it's getting real. It's getting real about, hey, kids are going to be kids. But if kids are going to be kids, adults are going to be adults. Yeah? If teenagers are going to be teenagers. And so it's recognizing that. And so as we come into land today, in recognizing gladness in what the Lord wants to do, I want to encourage us in this space and it's something that I really believe the Lord is, is not just inviting, but He's actually, it's something that He wants to bring to the forefront of our hearts. 
and there's this place. Is what is, if gladness is an emotion, if gladness is a state of being, then what's going to bring gladness to us? Can I suggest to us this morning, it's not religious activity. It's not, it's not trying to be more. It's not trying to do more. It's actually come down to a place of actually accepting who God is and who we are. Now nothing more, nothing less is going to change that. Because I've noticed glad people, fun people, they don't gripe, they give. It's not an issue. I used to say it like this, maybe, maybe, maybe if you do uh, the offering again, this is what, something I learned. Givers never gripe and gripers never give. But when you have a gladness of heart, nothing is impossible. We get, you see, gladness begets generosity. And this is something the Lord asked me in 2023. He said, Gary, can you be more generous in 2023? I'm like, God, how much more do you want me to give? And then he qualified me. He says, you think it's of your pocket, but I want it to be of your purpose. And this is what he said to me. He said, Gary, can you be more generous, not just in time and finances, but can you be more generous in your belief for people, your celebration of people, your trust of people, your heart for people, your time for people? Can you be more generous in that? And I'll tell you, we're in February right now. And in January, I purposed in my heart in gladness to be generous towards people. And it's shifted something massively in my, my family who are, who are charismatic atheists. They speak with earthly tongues, not heavenly ones. Amen? But it's caused something to shift in my dad because I chose to be generous with my heart for, my actions towards, my availability. How many of us here this morning can we purpose to be more generous in not just our time and finances, but our heart for, because that's what gladness does. Am I speaking to somebody? You see, when we get to that place of recognizing and realizing that there is something the Lord is inviting us into. Because when you're glad, you don't care what people say. Sad people live in suspicion. Glad people live in celebration. Let me say it again. Sad people live in suspicion. Glad people live in celebration. It doesn't, doesn't matter. I remember someone running up to me once and said, Hey, Gary, have you seen that article on, on, uh, on that End Times website? Man, they are slamming you. And my only response was this. Did they spell my name right? <laughs> because it's Gary with one R, not two. And the guy's like, what? I said, it's free publicity. You see... If I was sad, I'd be like, oh my gosh, what are they saying? 
Who said what? And we live in this torment. Can I be honest with you guys? I've got the t-shirt. I've been in that place of torment. What are people saying? Why? Because I wasn't glad. I was sad. But when you're in the place of gladness, nothing matters. Yeah? Am I speaking to somebody? How many of us want to move to gladness this morning? It's a fruit of the Spirit. You see, we've got to move to gladness. It's not something that, that, that we just accept. We've got to move towards it. We've got to make a conscious decision that I choose gladness. I choose to be glad. I choose to live in gladness. My name's not gladness, it's gladness. Amen? I'm choosing to live in gladness. And I tell you, we can, we can get up in the morning and we can have a face like a bulldog with bees in its mouth. We can, we can have the most professional RBF as possible we can have. But God doesn't want us, God is not scared of our emotion when we feel like we're in the pit. Because when we feel like we're in the pit, I've got an encouragement for you. You're a prophet in training. That's where, that's where this stuff gets real so that we can rise up and say, hey, I don't feel myself this morning. I don't feel like facing the world. But guess what? I choose gladness. Because in choosing it, I'm not going to stay in a prison. I'm going to step into a palace. And I really sense this morning in this place that God is wanting to bring breakthrough. God is wanting to establish not brush over. God isn't going to render over situations and circumstances, but He's offering you a key this morning. He's offering you an invitation this morning. Of though they slay me, still I'll praise Him. If God is for me, who can be against me? Do you know what that means? I can't even be against myself. If God is for me, who can be against me? That means I can't even be against myself. But I can't even be against myself. And guys, there's days I am against myself. Because we talk to ourselves in ways that we would even let others talk to us. We believe things about ourselves we wouldn't even allow anyone to have the airtime to believe about us. But there's a freedom here today. And I truly believe if we can choose, I'm going to challenge you right now. I'm going to challenge you. We haven't come to school, but I'm going to challenge you with homework. Is that okay? Some of you all of a sudden, see, I'm looking at the millennials are like, homework, homework. Yes, homework. As is your right. Homework. I want to challenge you for the next seven days. Actually, I'm going to go further than that. Next 21 days. Everyone say 21. 21. The next 21 days. I want to challenge the elders here. I want to challenge the leadership team. For the next 21 days, I want you to get up every day. And before you go to Jehovah Coffee, I want to challenge you right now to write down one word that you're thankful. One thing you're thankful for that day. One thing. Oh, Gary, what's this? Is this some kind of, you know... No, it's not some kind of. Oh, well, we've done this before. Yeah, it's like the gym, guys. You've got to keep doing it. What is one thing that you're thankful for? 
I thank the Lord that that child's got emotion and is not afraid to cry. I'm thankful for parents that are not trying to rush out and share. Oh, shh, shh. No, no, we don't do that. Why? Because we're family. Amen? So I want to ask you right now, every day for the next 21 days, to write down something you are thankful for. But you know the challenge is, this is what we do, is we always thank, or we're always thankful for what we have, instead of being thankful for what we can receive. There's a guy called George Muller who didn't give thanks for what he had. He gave thanks for what he's about to receive. And the detriment within us is that we always give thanks for what we have. We never give thanks for, for what God can give us. I like to say it like this, and I've said it before. Hope says please, but faith says thank you. Yeah? So we really, next 21 days. Who's going to join me for the next 21 days? And writing down every day. I'll tell you guys, by the third, by the fifth, by the seventh, you will see something shift in your life. Because the Bible tells me we enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts of praise. Thanksgiving causes something to open up. Amen? So I'm going to pray for you now before I, I share some words that I've had in, in Russia. But I, I want us to put our hands on our hearts right now. Can I get the keyboard guy? The, the church pianist. The amazing Andrew. The virtuoso of Ballarat. The Mozart of Montclair. The Beethoven of Ballarat. Woo! Come on. Thank you, Andrew. Can you play in G for me? Can you play in G? The key of G. Ooh. Oh, he's already there. Yeah. Told you he's good. <laughs> you should every week, guys. Gladness. I want to validate this pain in this room. And I'm not afraid of it. There's disappointment in the room. And I'm not scared of it, and neither is God. But gladness comes like an oil. Because in Isaiah it says that he gives beauty for ashes. What does that mean? When you feel burnt out, you see, when you build a fire, and the fire's burnt out. All that's left is ashes. Jesus gives us beauty for our burnt outness. He gives us beauty for the areas we feel burnt out in. Then he goes on and says, I will give you what? The oil of gladness for mourning. There's oil to be released here this morning. And thirdly he says, I will give you the garment of praise for the spirit of despair for that heaviness you've been experiencing. So right now in this atmosphere, with no hype or hyperbole, just because he's a good, good father, 
I speak over you this morning, Family Life Church. Beautiful ashes. The oil of gladness for your morning. And this garment of praise for every heaviness and despair you've been experiencing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Wow. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for what you're releasing here this morning in this place. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that every, every place of, of pain, every place of disappointment, every place that there's a feeling and a fear, Lord, I release right now your gladness, your voice, your virtue of gladness upon their heart. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Miss Offering, what's, what's your name? Imogen, why don't you stand? Father, thank you for Imogen. Lord, thank you for what you're releasing on her life and, and what you're doing through her. And Imogen, I just see like spotlights all over you. It's like these spotlights. And, and, and the Lord says, I'm giving you a platform of favor. And I feel like the Lord wants to encourage you that you're not out of character. But everything that He's purposed for your heart and your life is to bring fullness and favor to and through you. And I see you on like a stage and God using you to, to bring such joy and fun, but I feel like God is, is wanting to stage the places of your heart right now. Because behind the smile there's been pain. Behind the smile there's been this sense of fear. Particularly what's next and, and how things are going to work out and where they're going to work out. But I feel like the Father is just bringing trust to your heart. And who you are for others, the Lord wants to be for you right now, Imogen. I'm going to say it again. Who you are for others, the Lord wants to be for you right now. And I feel like in this moment, God's checking in on your heart. And He's saying, I got this. Don't fear. Because I've gone before you. And He's taking your hyper planning and your let me just call it he's taking you control and your need for it and he's asking you to give it to him because this next step doesn't require your input it just requires your availability and you've tried to to shore up every possible scenario so that things don't go awry. But God says, I've got it. Now get it. I've got it. Now get it. And 
and I know this sounds so cliche, but if, if it's God's will, he'll pick up the bill. And you need to know that. And so, Father, I thank you right now. Every fear of lack, every fear that she has, Lord, right now, I just ask you to bring light and love to right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God bless you, honey. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Wow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. What's your name, honey? Why don't you stand? Are you with this guy? I hope so. You're holding his hand. <laughs> Woo! That's where family gets real. Amen. Do you understand this, family? Father, we just thank you for this incredible couple. Lord, we thank you. I want to, what's your name? Mark. Man, I want to, I want to honor the ballast you are. You're a stability. And you're a stability in her life. It's like you're this, this, you don't get rocked. She gets rocked, but you don't get rocked. And it's like this ballast you are. But I want to honor the faithfulness of your heart and the faithfulness of you don't even want to be seen. It's like I'll just I'll just be in the background. And I feel like you've you've been the one in the background that's been the ballast. But I really sense that it's come out of a place of, of not having that stability in your life. That you've assured yourself and you've assured those that are closest to you that you're gonna break I know if it's a, it's a general, I'm not going to use the word curse, but it's like this generational thing of it didn't happen for me, but I'll be done. It will happen through me. And you've been this, this man of integrity and this man of word. And I just see you being this surety and this ballast for others. And I really sense in this season, God wants to honor that mark. And God's going to mark your faithfulness and God's going to mark your integrity. And I really feel like you've been taken advantage of in so many situations. And even lost out in some. But God is bringing such a, I really believe, a new season in your life right now. And you've asked a lot of questions, but God is wanting to give clear answers that are clarifying for your heart and for where you're going right now. So Lord, I just release that over Mark. Lord, I thank you for Mark. Lord, I thank you for his heart. Wow. Father, thank you for Danny. Wow. And Danny, I, I just keep hearing this phrase, it ain't counting down. God's counting up. And I see like this incredible favor coming upon your heart. And doors, I want to say this over you both. This is a year. It's like a Noah year. It's not going to be a year of open doors, but I feel like the Lord is going to close a door. And it's going to be like this, this door is going to close, but it's not what you expect. And I feel like, it's like, like it says, and God closed the door. And all Noah and his family were inside. And I feel like the Lord is going to bring a protection and also as well an undergirding of you and your family in this season. And I feel like every fear and trepidation, even coming into this year that you've had, Danny, and it's, it's like this saying, okay, how's this year going to go? And I, I just hear the phrase, it's not as how's this year going to go, 
It's this year is going to go God. God's adding the D to go and it's going to be God. And I see God just opening things to you. Favor upon your life. God's going to increase the favor that's in your voice. The favor that's on your life. The favor that you carry right now. It's going to be like an Esther season. That you're going to cause the favor of the king. Not just to be seen, but to be experienced by others. And Father, right now, I just speak blessing over her body to every cellular level. I speak blessing to right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you that God, even in the area of, of, of rest and the ability to, to not just go to sleep, but these wake-up things, Lord, I just ask you to bring, Father, such a, a freedom to her sleep right now in Jesus' name. A freedom to her rest. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Wow. Wow. I just keep hearing this phrase, contracts are about to become contacts. And contacts are about to become contracts. And it's not going to be too small of God to actually shift you guys in a purposeful way, not just a, a place way. And God says there is a takeoff and there is a touchdown. And I just see you taking off and touching down and life coming through everything you touch in this next season. In Jesus' name. Father, bless them. Bless them, bless them, bless them. Amen. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, Grace. I'm sorry, I forget your name. Laurie, Grace, Laurie, why don't you guys stand? Grace, I'm standing in worship. And I get, woo! I was standing, but you're dropping. It's okay. Grace, I just see the Father. And as I was standing there in worship, I looked across. And I just saw Mel Gibson. And I'm like, what the heck am I seeing Mel Gibson for? And I feel like the Lord is saying, Grace, you've had your passion. Now it's time for your resurrection. And I just see, I just see the works of resurrection. And I, I see a theme on your life called resurrection. And, and the same way as Mel Gibson had the passion of the Christ and, and now it's like it's going into like the resurrection. I see like the resurrection. It's your resurrection. Because you feel like you've been in the grave for three days. And I feel like the Lord is saying it's, it's resurrection. It's resurrection. It's resurrection. And I, I keep hearing like Paul Cain when, when he had the stadium prophecy is like I see a resurrection and I see a resurrection of your heart and your hope I see a resurrection of, of your hands and your heart I see God resurrecting and I, I see this over your life and I keep seeing the, the phrase you had your passion Whew! wow now it's your resurrection And 
and I see the Father increasing the canvas and it is going to increase and I just see the increased canvas I, like it's, it's like it's bigger than you've ever painted before and it's like it's just this increase of canvas it's like it's going to you're going to require almost like a factory God's taking the roof off and I feel like it's that story in Luke 5 where they took the roof off to lower down and the Lord says whatever has paralyzed you God is taking the roof off right now and connecting you with Jesus and God says through your work resurrections will take place through your work resurrections will happen through your work resurrections of dreams resurrections of hope resurrections of life because the Lord says no seed falls to the ground but in due season produces a harvest Have your passion. Like God says, get ready for resurrection. <sighs> wow. Jesus. 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 And man, I see just on you, God, I don't know if this is about wood or the things with your hands. There's like this new lease. Of life through your hands. And I feel like the Lord is, you've always celebrated creativity, but there is a creativity in you, my friend, that God is going gonna, is gonna to draw out in these days. And it, it's, it, it's going to be like the balm of Gilead. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be like this healing. It's going to be this, this expression through you that you never thought you had and you never thought was possible. And I see the Lord, you're not just joined in marriage, but I see this, this incredible beauty coming forth from you both. This is not just a, a grace thing, but I feel like the Lord is doing a, there's this double-edged sword that's coming out of you guys. And I feel like you, you felt double-minded, but the Lord says you're not double-minded, you're double-edged. And so, Father, right now, Lord, I speak life. I speak love. And, Lord, I speak your heart through. Yeah, I speak warmth through you guys. Just like Bailey's on a cold Christmas morning. God is going to be the balm through your life. God is going to be, I'm going to use this word, you are the elixir that God is going to use to bring healing and hope. The Baileys. Wow. 
I see it, so I'll say it. And there's something about Ireland. Something about the life of St. Patrick that's going to be pertinent in the days ahead. Father, I bless this couple in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. There's a guy out there with a white t-shirt on with stripes. You're drinking a bottle. What's your name, buddy? Dan, why don't you stand? Dean! Are you Dan? And straight away, are Dan the man? Man, your joy in God is contagious. But it hasn't come without a price. And I really feel like the Lord just wants to honor your heart right now. In that you've stood, and this phrase I hear, the test of time. Because you've been through many, it's like tests upon tests upon, and there's trials upon trials upon trials. But yet you've chosen to believe the best, and you've chosen to be the best. And I'm going to use this phrase, you've been the better man. Because you could have, you could have easily gone down one way, but you chose to be the better man. And it's by the grace of God that you stand where you stand. And it's not you take it for granted, and it's not that you, you take it in vain. God says you, you know, you know the cost. That's why you've got courage and that's why you've got joy. And I just see like the Lord just coming and just continually answering prayer and answering them hard things that you continually just throw before Him. But yet you keep showing up. And I just want to bless... Is this your family? No, you and your family? Yeah. I want to tell you right now. You're a dad... And you, right now, God is wanting to just honor who you are in the midst of trials. Because what has been written off, God is writing down. And you could have disqualified yourself so easily. And you could have just said, that's it, I've disqualified myself. God says, you ain't disqualified, my friend. And you've been waiting for the red card. But God says, play on, play on, play on. Play on. Play on. Play on. And I just want to honor your heart. That you could have easily, easily just saw the red card of the enemy, but the Lord says, play on. Because you're on my field. And you're on my team. And we're going to the grand final. Because it ain't final yet. And so just put your hand on your heart, Dean. Father, right now, Lord, every fear, every place that, he, Lord, he feels helpless in and hopeless in, Lord, I ask you to flood him with hope. And, Lord, I ask you to bring him help. Lord, I ask you to turn around what needs to be turned around now in Jesus' name. And, Lord, what has been a walkout is going to become a walk-in. What has been a walkout is about to become a walk-in in Jesus. And what that means, but God says, what has been a walkout is about to become a walk-in in Jesus' name. So, Father, right now, what's been new to Dean, Lord, I ask you right now, 
to turn around. God, you are turning about God. You are turning about God in Jesus' name. And Father, we just arrest. Father God, every influence, we just arrest every every spirit, God, that is attacking this family. We just arrest it in Jesus' name. We bring the blood of Christ. We bring the cross. Lord, between that and his family. And we say recompense in Jesus' name. Restoration in Jesus' name. And your heart and gladness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Come on. Let's give him praise in this place. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I love that God. Thank you, Father. Wow. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Wow. Father, thank you. Andrew, now, I just hear the Father. I just see you pregnant now. From the moment I walked in, I just saw you pregnant. And I'm like, she'll kill me. But I just saw you pregnant. But it's, it's not in the natural. It's, it's like God is saying, there's more to birth. There's more to birth. And there's much to nurture. There's more to birth and there's much to nurture. And, and I feel like the Lord is saying within you, there's, there's this anointing of birthing. There's an anointing of, of seeing things that are impossible come to life. And I saw you laying hands on, on even couples who are not able to have children. I saw that breakthrough anointing happening through you. But also as well, I saw it for, for churches that, are, that have become barren in, in their purpose. I saw you like bringing new life. And you just sitting with, with, with wives and, and even sisters in the Lord and bringing this, this word of encouragement and this word of life. And it's, it's a, this Isaiah 54 anointing on you that you're going to cause barren women to sing. It's like you're carrying this anointing, this melody. And you're, Melanie, you're a melody. That's what the Lord says. Melanie, you're a melody because you're the melody of, of Isaiah 54. Sing or barren, those who are not born. And Melanie, I just see the melody. And I even feel like the Lord is, is just going to equip you in the area of melody. And God's going to give you words and He's going to give you encouragements for them, them places that feel and then people who feel barren. There is a barren breaking anointing on you. Wow. But I said that to say this. Guys, God hasn't given you a ministry. He's giving you a movement. And, and I feel like it's connected the same way as, as all these, these homeschool families get together. I see you getting together with, with like-minded ministries or like-minded churches. And I feel like you're going to establish a movement. Now, I know you're part of a denomination, but God's not talking denomination. He's talking movements. And I see you literally being part of a movement that is going to undergird what I call country ministries and country churches. And it's like you're going to be part of the, like a brotherhood and a sisterhood. And I feel like it's like those who, who come together 
to, to equip, to encourage, to strengthen. And, and that barren breaking anointing on you, Mel, is going to be something that's going to break open movements in some of these areas. And I see like a corridor. I see it going all the way up from Ballarat into, into country Victoria and then down to the, the coast and down like Warnable and, and all that area. I just see like this highway. And God is going to connect you, but I see part of a movement. And it's going to be a movement that is going to equip the body of Christ. It's going to be a movement. But you're not building a tower. You're not building an empire. You're building the kingdom. And I feel like the Lord is going to use this phrase through your hearts. I'm not building the kingdom for you. I'm building the kingdom with you. And I just see the Lord just aligning you and defining you and refining you. And even as I came in today, I just saw family life church and I saw a tagline underneath and it was like part of and, and I, I couldn't quite see what this name was but it was going to be like this uh, it's not an affiliation and it's not a you're not affiliated but the Lord says you're related and it's going to be like this like homeschool families get together I feel like the Lord is saying there's going to be get togethers and it's not just going to be you but I feel like you're gonna, there's going to be times you're going to take over sports stadiums because all the family has got together. I feel like you're going to take over sports halls because the, the family has got together. And I want to encourage you right now that what you're building is not just for Ballarat. The Lord is saying He's put a blueprint in your hearts. And it's something you've talked about in jest. And it's something you've, you've almost had a, a throwaway conversation with others about. But the Lord says, I'm about to turn the flippant into faithfulness. I'm about to turn the jokes into joy. And I'm about to turn them words you said in jest into a juggernaut of destiny that is going to overtake and is going to permeate culture and community like never before. The Lord says, get ready because this house is about to become a multi faceted house that it's not just going to be a building of, of church but it's going to be a true place of family I just see like after kids programs I see like like community outreaches I see people who are doing it tough coming because there's life and there's hope in the house and so Lord we bless this house right now and Andrew the Lord says keep keep writing down keep Keep writing down what I'm saying. Keep writing down what I'm doing. Because wisdom is justified by your children. And what you've written, people are working. And it's like a Habakkuk 2 thing. Write the vision, make it plain. That they who read it can run. God is taking off. The delay, God is taking off the barriers and the blockages and He is releasing a fresh wind. But it's not just a fresh wind, but I see the winds of change blowing. I see the I see literally angels like flapping their wings over this house because literally I see the dust. I see the dust being removed. Things that have, have never been spoken or seen for a long time are about to be seen. Get ready, get ready, get ready. 
because sons who left are about to become fathers who return. The Lord says, those who've, who've got, those who've gone, God says, I'm about to release and bring back and it'll be a mark to you and a sign to you that I am doing something in the spirit because those who have left are about to return, but they're not going to return in a way you think or how you think, but the Lord is going to do a new work in this day. And now you see it spring forth in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.